Forever Has Fallen is no ordinary action thriller podcast. Each episode contains something usable, like a phone number, website, or email address. Just make a mental note and keep enjoying the story. Afterwards, head to foreverisfallen.com to become a bounty hunter. Armed with that usable something, you can begin to unlock an amazing story world of online escape rooms, hidden content, and character interaction. There are fun challenges to defeat, shocking crimes to witness, and a community of bounty hunters to play with. The deeper you go, the greater your rewards. social media networks go into global meltdown. Tech stocks have been slammed. Today the world is mourning the loss of 70 million digital lives. Mark Zuckerberg was caught avoiding the press as Facebook shares crashed and his board summoned an emergency meeting. Some say to fire him. Excuse me, thank you. Yes, hello and goodbye. Mr. Zuckerberg, do you have any comments regarding Carl Axel Matiasen and the fall of the forever social? Um, no, not really. Why is there lack of transparency for the deal you struck with the Forever Social? Cocksucker. Um, okay. That was Mr. Mark Zuckerberg. Um, whew. Can we cross to the weather, please? <laughs> Good morning. Let's talk about the weather. Well, it's going to be a beautiful sunny day today. Zuckerberg survived, but only just. It's hard for me to explain just how freaking crazy everything got when the Forever engine went pop. But a good friend of mine, whose wife doesn't know how awesome he is at giving blowjobs, it's always some hard ones you gotta watch, summed it up really nicely. Welcome back to CBS News Power Hour. To provide final editorial comment on this momentous day, as the world seeks to understand what happened, we turn to Todd Richards. Thanks, Bob. We all live in this connected world, but more than that, we have the digitalization of everything, including ourselves. The Forever Social meant so much because it was connected with everything that matters to people today and tomorrow. The pervasive power of AI had people effectively automate their digital existence, thanks to the Forever Social. Now that is gone. So too are unfathomable amounts of data, taking with them advertising revenues that dropped like stones. The clicks have stopped, algorithms are bumbling about, and no one really knows what will happen next. And still questions remain over data sharing data acquisition, and deals between social media giants and the Forever Social. The destruction of the Forever Social not only removed 70 million digital lives, it robbed people of an attainable dream of immortality, if only in zeros and ones. Truly today, we can say that forever has fallen. Yeah, Todd. Nice words. Good work. Love to the wife and kids. Yes, indeed. Forever has fallen. My apologies. I should introduce myself. I'm Hawk on Blixt. If you're yet to guess, I'll be your guide throughout this adventure. What qualifies me is that I know our friend Carl Axel better than most because I tracked him. I stalked him and finally got him to agree to let me write a book about him. I love being a celebrity journalist. Ah, speak of the devil. What do you do when you've fled the scene of a very yucky crime and your billion dollar fortune has just evaporated in front of your sparkling eyes? You also happen to be one of the best-known faces around town. Okay, stop. Just stop. Okay, focus on the next ten clicks. Make it, and you are fucking gone. First, get yourself inside this thing. Answer, you little bastard. Hey, it's Hawk on. Who is it? 
It's K.A. Who? Who is it? It's K.A. Turn the fucking music down, you idiot. It's K.A. Turn the music down. Ah, gotcha. It's just a voice recording. Fuck. What an asshole. Walk on. It's guess who. On a burner. Well, that was quick. Oh, shit, it really is you. What the fuck, man? I mean, really? I was kind of going to ask you the same. Every scanner in the goddamn city screaming your name. Where are you? Are you in a position to have a chat? I'm closing my door now. Fuck. Let's first get something off the table. I did not butcher Linda. And I certainly did not tear my own fucking kingdom down to the ground. Hey, I don't know what to say. But the world is on fire. I have people from countries I've never heard of crawling all over me. I have an interview on TV in 30 minutes. Yeah, that fucking book you really had to write. It's become a real door opener for you. Listen, I believe you, of course, but why have you gone to ground? Oh, looking for an exclusive? No, 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 not at all. Hawk on, let's get something clear. Believe it or not, you are the only person I can trust to have this conversation with. Plus, I'm, as you know, most likely to be at the center of this. Yeah, sure, that too. But that trust has zero fucking tolerance for any anomalies. You got it? If I even dream about you leaking or pissing on me in any shape or form, you lose me, this, forever. Are we clear as an Eagle's Harmony in 77? Absolutely. Truth is, of course, I was scheming like hell, thinking of the pros and cons of, on one hand, do I keep the faith with K.A.? Or on the other, let the cops know. Or I've run out of hands. Okay, a third option. Go public in 23 minutes, right when this was hottest, and then work with the cops? I know you're spinning those wheels, so let me help you gain a true north. Whoever did this has the resources to take me on. Think of that. Nation, state level. They also have an iron stomach to actually go through with it. So, where's the bigger fucking story? You can jump on this like an Estonian crack whore tonight, or just maybe hold your powder. Because one, I am fucking out of here, soon to be a ghost. And right now, you are the only person on the planet who has access to me. Two, I plan on taking a wrecking ball to this. And trust me when I say it, while my shoulders might be close to the mat, I still have the firepower to unleash my own personal holy fucking jihad on every fucking thing with a pulse who did this to me. So, are we clear? I'm hearing Don, Glenn, Joe, Randy, and the other Don backstage at the Capitol Center. That's clear enough for me. So, I have a favor to ask. I don't know exactly what is going on, but I have a, let's call it the makings of an idea about who's behind this. I'm more uncertain about why. So what's the favor? As you said, we're talking nation-state-level tour de force. The favor, my friend, is to keep me updated every time my name is shouted or whispered. You're also going to have to publicly fuck me over. This is so you don't die and remain as useful as possible for me. Say anything you like. I cut the head off your cat and played catch with kindergarten kids. I really don't fucking care. But the more believable, the safer this will be. Does that include, well, when it comes to your guilt or innocence? You know, I spent hours and hours with Lewis Hamilton to teach me perfection with driving high-octane fuck-off vehicles. I swear I just about doubled his take on pay over the years. 
And while I'm grinding gears and smoking rubber, there was one time, an epic time, he made me pull over on that holy ground that is Silverstone. He turned to me and said in that very polite, calm English voice, K.A., you drive like a talented, yet drunken karaoke singer. Good, but not a pro. I was quite taken back, actually enraged. But before I could say anything, he pointed down the track to Cop's Corner and said, In an F1 car, I'm hitting 290 clicks. In this piece of shit, I'm doing 250. And you're only at 210 because you won't commit. But what you fail to realize is, to be a real racing car driver, it has to be all on the line, all of the time. And to recognize that commitment to the inevitable is the only way to victory after victory. I took that corner at 2.45. The way I've been set up, I have to fully commit. And so do you. So burn me at the fucking stake. No regrets. I can't believe I'm in this inane factory of frivolity. Welcome to television, a true weapon of mass distraction. Oh great, here comes the Lord's own personal knuckle duster. Officer, please tell me that our fellow citizens have far more interesting, uh, perhaps fruitful things to amuse themselves with. You don't watch TV, sir? Um, I'm pleased to announce, young lady, I have many things piled up on my to-do list, which does not include watching the idiot we are here to see. Well, that's a bit ironic, sir. One way or another, Hawken Blixt is your life. Meet David Borg, Stockholm detective, and a very rare breed in Sweden where 18% of Swedes self-report as atheist and 55% as non-religious. David has so much Jesus in him that he literally carries about 74% of the population. Hey you, I'm Blixt. Just a minute. I'm about to go on TV to be interviewed. I'm Detective Borg, and I don't care if you have a hard lung operation to get to. We are having this conversation right now. Your dilly-dally with fame will have to wait. Oh, oh really? Okay. Uh, so what, am I under arrest? One minute, Hakan. No, unless you have something to confess. No, detective, nothing at all. But I am going on this program, dilly-dally and all. How about I jam you up with a little obstruction? Harkon, for fuck's sake, get out there! Go for it! I'm sure the world's press would love to see Stockholm's finest, at their finest, grappling with little old me. You look like you'd enjoy that! Huh? You think so? Come here, you little- Sir, sir, leave it. And we are on in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Listen and learn! Five. As Four. soon as he is done, Shh. I want that person in a patrol car and at the station. Yes, sir. So you'll learn to love David. Under that hard exterior beats the heart of a cold-blooded asshole who prays I go to hell, even though he really believes it's all a done deal anyway. Waste of a good prayer if you ask me. So on I go, live television being picked up by a global audience. That book really did open up a lot of doors. Now I'm the Carl Axel expert. And Carl Axel? Well, he's now most certainly the most studied and dissected guy on the planet. So let me tell you, saying what I said, while I know he's running for his life, did not come easy. But I took his words to be true. It was my lily white ass on the line too. As I sat there in the wonderful glow of fame playing Judas, I truly hoped he was somewhere safe. 
Knowing K.A., he was taking up residence in the royal palace itself. Made it. Okay, Lada. Time to talk. We have heads to hit, and it's gonna be like whack-a-mole. Lada? Lada? Hey! Lada! Fuck. Lada, no games, please. You know what just happened. Lada? <laughs> okay, Lada. Stop fucking around. I've just walked across the whole city, and... Uh, Linda? Um is, well, dead. I need to talk to you. Now, come on, please. This is silly. Lada, you engage with me right the fuck now. Now! This is really beyond everything. Jesus. What? Uh... Jiminy, open up preferences. Lada. Okay, where are you? Opening preferences. Lada? Uh... Jiminy, check last known record of Lada. Uh, check her last fucking quad activity. Right from the register. Checking last fucking quad activity for Lotta. Last quad activity for Lotta is five days ago. That's fucking bullshit. I spoke with her today. Uh, fuck me. Okay, quality of last quad activity. Um, from five days ago. And don't fucking repeat what I just asked. Just fucking do it, okay? Okay. Uh, sorry. Lotta's last registered quality of quad activity from five days ago is 0.6. Jiminy, you know that is impossible. When did you last talk with her? This morning, just like you. And once again, this is very important. Please change your password on the Forever Social website secure login. Lotta1618. Nice tribute to... Jiminy... Become part of the solution, because right now, you're in the problem side of the ledger. Part of your protocol is to keep a watch on her vital signs. Now you're telling me she's been comatose for the past five days? The data you requested is retrospective. My protocol is still in place, and zero red flags raised. As per the system you designed, Lotta's health has been perfect, but now it seems she has vanished. And before she did so, yes, there was very odd data on her health, which has only appeared now. Carl Axel has not been forthcoming with his ultimate aims regarding the Forever Engine. Yes, he loves the gushing flow of cash and fame, but he's been fueling an ultimate dream. The complete, albeit digital, resurrection of his long-lost sister, Lotta Matthiessen, who slowly withered away because her biology freakishly achieved the near-impossible task of giving her cancer which riddled throughout her legs, pelvis, and, well, game over. Here's an audio session we had when I was putting his book together. So, you were close with your sister, Lada. She was about two years older than you? Sure, you can say close. But she, uh, there was, for a time, she was, is, everything I cared for, or about. She was only 27 when she died of a rare bone cancer. Erwing sarcoma. How did that impact you? For a celebrity journalist, you're asking some big questions. Seeing we are here, her death had a profound impact on me. I can't recall a moment of happiness without her. The best of times was during summer. She was a prolific gardener. <sighs> she made those roses sing. I've still, to this day, 
never seen such depth in color. Is it true that you never buy or allow roses at the office? You're full of surprises today. Yes, it's true. I cannot buy roses, and it may seem odd, but... Yeah, roses are a no-go at the office. Why? Fuck. Well, melancholy is a motherfucker, and it sweeps through me with all the grace of a judo throw. I... Uh, can't. Won't have those reminders. Especially where I work. Especially there. Now, when I tell you that at the moment Carl Axel realizes that Lotta has, for all intents and purposes, died yet again, but this time in his eyes has been murdered, he skipped 10 and went to 11 on the enraged dial. The rage was further fueled, and sorry I have to go Freudian on you, with the guilt he felt too. You see, Lotta was his ace up the sleeve. While the forever social burned and the forever engine had been pummeled, he avoided a complete meltdown because he believed he still had his very own Muhammad Ali and his enemies were a 1965 Sonny Liston. The realization that his tactical nuke was gone caused the rare feeling of panic and he struggled with which he felt more, the devastating personal grief or his own selfish loss to spite the heads of those who tried to take him down. K.A., your heart rate is at 180. Please breathe. Of course it's fucking 180! Fuck! Ugh, fuck it! Please reduce your emotional loads. Oh, God! Jiminy! Oh, oh God. She's gone. She's gone. Jiminy, isn't she? She's gone. Isn't she? I sadly can't see any sign of her. At this moment... Picture a man looking like a priest of Hiroshima, just after a little boy touched down. He can't quite understand that somehow he is still standing, still breathing, even with all the glass and furniture bursting apart like confetti. But unlike the priest, he believes his survival is no miracle, because miracles don't exist in his world. Someone wants me to suffer. It has to be that Russian bastard, Kirill, or that devil-dodging Jacob Borg. Jacob Borg has certainly been very active against you. What a fucking hypocrite. The shit I know about him and what he got up to with my father. Ugh, that whole nest of old school industrialists. Man, the Wallenbergs. Oh, yeah, together, they could hurt some. Jacob's son is a detective, right? David Borg, detective in the Stockholm precinct, and I can see is with the Interpol task force looking for you. That answers the question about the cops coming so soon after I got there. But what, these pricks are into executions now? Or were they going to pray Jesus into me? You certainly have a way with people. Jiminy, get me what you can on David Borg. He'll be the one they use. Those old men, fucking cowards, every single one. I need to understand their talisman. Detective David Borg. Hello, David. How's my favorite son? Have been better, Father. I'm hunting the godless Corinthian. He still evades the impending justice that truly will be delivered upon him. I was wondering why I heard nothing. Apparently nothing to tell. We, I, have pulled in all the resources I can, Father. He has that swanky luck of a true boulevardier. And I prayed my heart out to make sure I, I am the one to snare him and deliver him. Oh, 
for all the things he is. My dear boy, keep praying. The god did not throw the stone. It was all David, your very namesake. He, and he alone, summoned the courage to call out the greatest of the heathens and smash his skull. You too have to summon courage to face this evil man, who has been systematically deconstructing faith of millennia, the faith the coward Vikings of old and delivered them to the love of Christ. Trust me, Father. Believe me, I have not given up. Oh, I will catch him. I swear on all that is holy and with all my heart. I too, just as David did in ancient days. I will deliver Carl Axel Matthiasen, and if God wills it, I'll cut his head off so no more can he harm which is good, right, and holy. Make it so. Where there is a will. And so you have this firmly impressed on you in every day. Tonight after prayers, our flagellantism will be twenty. Double? You need the steel of Christ, the warrior of revelations, and the pain of Jesus at Calvary to get this son of a whore. Remember the website mentioned in this episode? Head to foreverisfallen.com, sign up as a bounty hunter, and use it to experience online escape rooms, find hidden content, and play with other bounty hunters. There's a lot of cool shit out there. Have fun!